Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Mosley. We've been having the conversation about lifestyle and grind and hustle, and it always comes up when we think about building our business. The question is, can you have it all? Can you put in the work to build your business and take the time to enjoy it? As always, we're joined by everyday entrepreneurs who can help you as you go down the path to beat the odds and build your business. Today, I'm joined by Timothy Michael Brock. He grew up in a small town in Carrollton, Texas, moved to New York City, and had a dream of becoming an investment broker. After five years of working in that field, he knew he had the opportunity to go after his dreams in entrepreneurship. He founded a company called CCX Client Connection almost nine years ago and has built it into a multi-million dollar company focused on digital marketing and chat development. Timothy, thanks for joining the show. Hey, Corey, thanks for having me. So we're talking, as we always do, about entrepreneurship here. And, you know, you're celebrating nine years. Congratulations uh, with the founding of Client Connection. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And you've really grown that business. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, we've known each other several years now. And, you know, we have this running joke that it's always like you're always on vacation. You know, hey, I'm, I'm trying to track you down for this podcast. And, well, I'm, you know, I, can we do it this day? Because... You know, I'm going to be skiing or I'm going to be, I'm golfing. And in the world of social media, right, we get to see a lot of people's lives. So I'm like, this guy's always on vacation, but he's got 20 plus people, you know, at his office working and reps all over the country working on the business. How do you do all that? Well, I'm fortunate enough to have a, uh, a company that allows me to work on it and not necessarily in it. Since we license mm. software and license services to automotive dealers, the things we put in place and put in motion don't require my time 24-7. Now, I, you know, right. again, fortunately, I have a great team, so I, I have all of the work segmented uh, into different divisions, and you know, a couple of people handle several of the divisions, but primarily the sales structure of it, I have an umbrella, and I allow sales reps to come and build a business within my business, and I set the tone and the structure for the product, and everything is, you know, a product that, again, can be licensed on a month-to-month basis. So, while we joke to it and refer to it as mailbox money, it really is that way. But it allows us to be wherever we want to be. We can work wherever we have a phone and an internet connection and be in tune with our clients. So now I don't want people to get the false belief that you woke up one day and said, hey, I'm just going to start this business within a business and I'm going to have this mailbox money and, you know, shazam, it all happened. Because you were, gr- I mean, let's, let's not jump past the grind a little bit, right? Because I think in a social media world, a lot of people see the glamour. They see the end result. So when you didn't have an Instagram 10 years ago to talk about where you were or talk about the golf course or take the shot from here or there, none of that was happening potentially because the grind was happening, the door-to-door piece. The, so everybody sees the outcome. They see the Porsche, and they go, oh, it must be super, super easy. Now, granted, you'd probably agree with me. It is easier than it ever was in today's marketplace to start a business and to have rapid growth. We see that with apps. We see that with a different marketplace. But 
there's still there's still that grind there. What were some of the things you were doing early on to really make the business work and create the system you have today? Excellent question. Well, early on in our career, first of all, we had no money. So <laughs> that's a good point to start. Let's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I call it my back to the wall with ashy knuckles. I had no other alternative than to fight every day. So literally, uh, I would pound the phones and set up appointments with dealers and try to set up go-to meetings only for them to cancel. So then we adjusted that and set up the same go-to meetings and then showed up at their store. From there, mm. we... Um, so wait, know. let me get that right. So, so hold on, let me get that right. So you were going to clients. You, were, you, you had started setting up appointments online, go-to webinar, go-to meetings, and Correct. clients were not showing up. So then your next step was you would set the meeting and let them think it was a go-to meeting, Webinars. webinar, online meeting, but you would show up in person. Absolutely. We just say, hey, you know, I, just, I just happened to be right up the street. I figured I'd just stop in for the meeting. And, you know, that way they couldn't blow us off because they were right. doing that consistently. So from there, we began giving away a portion of our service for free as a free trial. Let them get mm -hmm. hooked on the, you know, the convenience, the wow factor, the fact that our software allowed them and gave them the ability to sell vehicles on the internet. Right. And then right. we circle back and worry about the contract and the money. But early on, Corey, I was on the road two to three days out of every week in another city, okay. Houston, Austin, San Antonio, uh, several times back and forth to San Antonio, several times back and forth to each one of those cities until we got enough business going to where right. the next round was flying to those cities. Uh, mm. But you know, we, we, we just, we did, we grinded it out every day. All the while I, I ran a wrestling club. And I have two kids of my own and a wife and so on and so forth. So it was very crazy early on, but I didn't know any better. And it was a lot of fun. Now, what do you say to people like, you know, if I could just, you know, I got this great idea and, you know, I could probably start the idea pretty inexpensively. But, you know, if I just if I if I could just get the bank to give me, you know, a couple hundred thousand and I could just launch a big marketing campaign and everything would just be OK. So maybe I should just hold off on starting the business until I can just get all this money together. And, and then that will fix it. That will make sure I can just blow it up really, really fast. I would say uh, don't do that. I would say it's like Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey says you have to jump. So I would say just go ahead and jump. You don't need $200,000 from a bank. You don't need $200,000 really for anything because in the beginning, you're going to make plenty of mistakes. And the less mm. money you have, the less costly this mistake can be. <laughs> So if you go out and get $200,000, you're just going to, you're going to make 50 to $100,000 worth of mistakes without being perpetuated forward by any of the wins more than likely. Mm. So I started my company with a credit card that had a $10,000 limit on it. And that was right. it. And again, back to the wall, Ashy Knuckles, the wife, two kids, mortgage, three uh, rental properties that I couldn't afford. I mean, I was in a situation and um, so, so let me ask you a question. So hold on. So let's talk about everyone talks about entrepreneurship moments. I had someone on and she went into real estate and she knew the date. It was December 28th, 2015. She got her license. Like it was a moment. So what was that moment when you were like, you go to your wife and you've got all these things going on and you're educated. So it's not like you couldn't have gone to get a job job. Right. And you go, 
I got to do this. I got to try this. We got to go for it. How do you sell that idea to a spouse? Well, you don't. The situation really is the boss. When I talk about a client connection, that was the scenario that I started that in. But with, if I back mm. it up, I was a mortgage loan officer prior to that, which is still entrepreneurship because there is no But you didn't have any money, though. But the end right. result of that, though, after you left, you didn't take that make a million dollars, put it in the bank, and then launch your business. So, I mean, you were obviously spending that or whatever through that run. It left you with a $10,000 credit card, though, to go, build. So, Right. From there, again, the situation was the boss. I mean, we had been in a tight, terrible situation. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this joke with my kids who now get whatever they want. We say, you know, we used to say, hey, they'll be cotton candy again one day. Because there was a time where the movies was a luxury and you definitely right. weren't buying the popcorn and soda when you got there. So the situation really was the boss. I was just, I really was grinding it out every day. Like, you know, like we joked about earlier. Um, mm -hmm. My goal initially was to do something every day that pushed mm -hmm. me forward. I don't care what it was. And then if I could do that before noon, then I'd try to see if I could do it two more times before the end of the day. But it, mm. every day I had to do something that was going to spring me forward or I, I, so I didn't finish out the day until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Whatever it took to just have some positive movement of the needle. And I would stay in my office at my house as long as that took, eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same spot. And a lot of people don't really realize that. A lot of people want to be an entrepreneur, but they want to have breakfast at a certain time. They want to go out to lunch and have an hour lunch. And then right. you, know, you can be home with your family. In the beginning, nothing matters more than progress within that business. And everything else falls by the wayside. So there was no golf. There was no vacation. <laughs> there was right. none of right. this business. Right. Pretty much 24-7, at least mentally. Um, and yeah. then physically during the green time, you know, 7 to 7. Well, see, you know what's funny? Because it's conditioning, too. So my wife, during our dating years, I didn't really know what vacation was from that standpoint i mean as a family we didn't do a ton i mean like wildwood new jersey was a vacation for us at the family level and you know the once a year the one time in my lifetime i went to disney world but as an adult and really getting in the entrepreneurship game while we were dating it was no vacation i didn't know so financially when i could vacation it still didn't hit me because it wasn't something that i did so, you know, the, the idea of going away for five days, you know, which is forever, right? People talk about 14-day cruises. I'm like, you want to go five days and then no work? I'm not doing anything? That, like, that's not even possible. You're not even programmed that way. And then I meet people now as I mentor up. I always talk about the idea, you know, guys who've got $2 shouldn't be following, in my opinion, shouldn't be following what some billionaire is doing. Guys who got $2 should be following the guy that's making a couple hundred thousand. The guy that's making a couple hundred thousand, follow the guy that's got seven figures. Your seven figures, follow a guy that's got eight. Because the gap's too big to just try to emulate. You know, we were talking about a big social guy before we got on the, on the show today. He's got 22 people on his staff that handle his brand. <laughs> you know, the average people don't have that. You know, bro, I had friends and family over here putting our studio together. So, you know, I laid this floor myself. And not because I couldn't afford to, but just you want to take care of your own house. So we talked about the grind a little bit. So now, how does it, what do you think about when people do joke like, man, this guy doesn't work? You know, he's golfing three, four times a week. 
what was the and actually before you get to that what was the vision i'll tie these two together what was the vision that you had when you started the business was that the vision that if i could create this mailbox money situation or if i could create this business that i don't have to be in every day grinding i'm willing to do the work to get it going was it your vision to be able to have more of a lifestyle like maybe you enjoy now, not just financially, but the idea that you could go away for a week and the house would not be on fire. Was that the initial vision or did your attitude change as time went on? Now, that was not the initial vision. Uh, In fact, I used to be afraid to step away from the business. But what Mm. I learned was that away from the business mentally afforded me a lot more time to work on the business. So my CPA early on said, you need to get to a point where you work on the business and not in the business. He said, I know you can't do that right now, but I want to tell you this now so that mentally you can try to figure out how to get there. In the beginning, I was here every day, whether I needed to be or not. And Mm. I did that for a couple of years where, I mean, I would sit around and not do a whole lot for, you know, several hours throughout the day. But as long as I was here, to catch that email, to catch that phone call, to be able to handle a customer complaint firsthand, that's all I cared about. And then right. when, I, when I figured out, over time, you kind of figure out, I started testing the boundaries. How far can I get away from my business without it breaking? Mm. And then I realized, well, I can just be gone. I right. can use technology to t- tap into my computer at the office. And with a phone, I'm accessible 24-7. And I can get to my information 24-7. So what I realized is I was wasting a lot of time just sitting here in the office, whereas right. in, you know, out and about mixing it up with different people, I actually got a lot more done not being in the office. Hmm. So then I just slowly took that approach. Well, you know, from a creative standpoint, that's one of the challenges I always have, especially during the day, is you know, we produce, we're producing a lot of content, and I can't produce content during the day that's just not viable unless I'm away unless I leave the office or or that type of thing I can't that creative process you know it needs to be no phones no email nobody can interrupt me to really you know produce the level of content that we try to do you know whether it's our shows podcast blog I find to your point about sometimes stepping out to be able to get more done or increase your productivity that way so now that you're in this situation what do you say to people that are like, Oh, well, you could be doing so much more, you know, maybe if you weren't out golfing all the time, and maybe if you weren't out vacationing, you know, maybe you're limiting yourself. You got to, you know, set your goals higher, Tim, you got to, you know, you're not grinding enough anymore. You've got complacent. Do you share that belief system or what are your thoughts to people who operate under that kind of pressure? Well, let's not get it twisted. When I'm out golfing, a lot of times it has everything to do with business. What, mm. what, you know, where else are you going to get three or four hours with one person to convince them of your idea or with a dealer right. to slowly explain the entire suite of products that you have and how they could benefit them? So, for instance, you know, I, I have a new product that, uh, you know, that helps monetize and automate service learner programs at car dealerships. Well, my partner in that happens to be an ex-professional golfer. So, right. That's all we do when we play golf is figure out Mm. our hit list of dealers and how we're going to approach them and and things of that nature. So, you know, just like vacation, I still work when I'm out on vacation. 
on the golf right. course. All these things people see me do, they are getting caught up in what it looks like and without the luxury of knowing exactly what's going on. So a lot of business evolves around golf in a lot of, all of my trips. I'm still working. <laughs> right. So you say. <laughs> so what do you find being someone who has gone through the grind, come out on the other side of it? What are some of the things that you see early on, some mistakes that you see other entrepreneurs making or that, you know, wish I would have known moment or I wish I could do this differently moment? Tell me about some of those experiences. Well, um, some of the mistakes aren't their fault. I'll say that. Um, so because it's just like a lot of things you don't know until you know, but mm. one mistake that can be controlled is your level of commitment. Your level of commitment to anything is going to dictate the outcome. When we entered right. into the market, there were already competitors that had been around five to seven years and some of which right. offered a product much cheaper than ours. In fact, I worked for a short stint with a, another company who's, I don't even really consider them a competitor anymore, but you know, they were of the mindset that, oh, you, you know, if you try to sell that same product for more money, it's not going to work because other people are cheaper. Well, they're just, they, in my opinion, they just were not committed to what they were doing. Now, for right. me, I don't know if you call it a gift or a curse. I had no choice. Right. I had two mouths to feed, and those people needed to buy what I was selling or right. I was not going to make it. So that doubt got squeezed out of my mind. And, you know, and the pricing and all of that stuff, I couldn't think about that. All I could do was focus on the task at hand. And, and that's what we did. So naturally in my network, obviously coming from a sales background, right? Of course, I know guys like yourself. I know salespeople. I mean, we gravitate to each other personalities. What advice do you have? Because I'm constantly getting the emails or at events. I'm constantly getting people who, um, when we start with them in coaching and coaching uh, and other services that we offer, I'm always getting that conversation that, you know, Corey, I'm, I'm not a salesman. You know, I'm really, I'm a really good CPA. I'm a really good accountant. I want to start this practice. I'm a really good contract lawyer. I can really help protect people's intellectual property, but I'm just not a salesperson, you know? So a lot of times it's easy to hear about the grinder, right? Oh man, I had the sales in my blood and I went door to door and I didn't take no for an answer. And, but there's so many introverts out there, right? Who also have great ideas, can be great entrepreneurs. What would you say to somebody who says, you know, I'm just not a salesman or they have that defeatist mentality about it because you're going to have to sell something. You're going to have to represent your products. But what advice would you have for them that might help say, them? I would say to focus less on your uh, ability to sell and more on how well what you have to offer solves a problem or satisfies a need. Because mm. you, don't, you could be the worst salesperson in the world, Right. But if you've got the revolutionary valve that's going to help somebody's heart keep the blood right. flowing and keep them alive, you don't have right. to say there. That's a need that's, you know, highly relevant and definitely has a high demand for. So I think if they would take their focus off of themselves and their ability to sell and just simply focus on all of the applications that whatever their idea is and all of the problems that it can solve, the solutions that it can mm. provide. I think if they'll just get into a conversation about that before they know it, their prospect will sell themselves on their product. Mm. Tell us what's one of your craziest entrepreneurship moments. <laughs> 
outside of the fact that I lost my job prior to two weeks prior to my son being born, you know, that's one. You didn't have a company yet. Correct. But what I was doing, right. I was working at a company and I was doing mortgages on the side. And I was okay. just getting to that point to where I had to decide, do I quit my job? Because I made more one month doing on the side money than I did at my job. Right. But I just couldn't, I didn't have the faith to take the leap. Well, kind of God. The Lord stepped in. The, that's right. He took my job from me and I no longer had a choice. And that was literally two weeks to the day before my son was born. That's one. The, the other one is, you know, as you well know, I'm a little camera shy. I'm very camera shy. I don't <laughs> like speaking or any of that stuff. So, you know, it took me, what, four and a half, five hours to record a training segment on my own product, which, you know, it should come second nature to me. But because I was in front of the camera and the green screen in front of uh, Mr. Corey Mosley, who does this like it's, uh, it, <laughs> you know, I clammed up. I'm sweating. I probably sweated out that suit. Uh, but, yeah, it took me five or four, five or six hours, maybe. I don't remember to do what other people were knocking out in 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but, but you did overcome. I did overcome. I'm a lot more comfortable in front of other people, speaking with people, doing this podcast. Uh, Corey doesn't help. But either way, that was one of the craziest moments for me because I was like seven and a half, eight years into my business. But the right. way I carried on on camera, it was like I just started the week before. <laughs> you did good, son, as they said. <laughs> I appreciate you saying So that. listen, Tim, we've come to the part of our show, the Entrepreneur's Rapid Fire section, where we're going to give our listeners an opportunity just to get inside the mind of uh, how you think uh, as an entrepreneur. Are you ready for our rapid fire questions? I am. Fire All right. right. Here we go. PC or Mac? Both. PC at home Both. and Mac at the office. No, all right. Mac at home, PC at the office. Excuse me. Okay. Favorite credit card for small business? Amex. Which one? I got to ask. Everybody's been telling me which one they have. The gold. Okay, gold. Okay, we got to step you up. All right. I quite like you, buddy. <laughs> Physical planner or digital planner? Physical. Physical. Favorite software to manage your business? Hmm. The iPhone. <laughs> iPhone. Okay. That fits your persona, right? Our conversation. I everything Star from my iPhone. <laughs> there you go. Starbucks, Duncan, or other? Other. What's the other? Plexus. I don't like uh, okay. the effects of my teeth on my teeth from coffee. Gotcha. Thank you card or thank you email? Thank you email. Thank you email. When you decide to read, is it hardcover book on a tablet or an audiobook? Audiobook. What's your next big goal? My next big goal, uh, mm -hmm. 8 million in annual sales. And what's the timestamp you're giving yourself to do that? Uh, two years. Two years. Awesome. One day with any mentor, they don't have to be famous. Who would that be? Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Very interesting answer. What made you say Stevie Wonder? Well, because. You know, he's blind, obviously, but yet he's a musical genius, can play just about any instrument. So I would love to sit with him and go through some music and ask him questions about what was going on in his mind at that time that's not in the music and not in the song. Mm. I grew up listening to Stevie Wonder, and, you know, I had the good fortune of gifting my parents um, tickets as an adult, mm. and I took my whole family as well. And I think that 
getting to spend a day with him who has, you know, he, he's been around quite a bit and seen a lot, you know, with the civil rights movement. And he just was grew up doing that whole time. I think, you know, picking his brain could give a lot of insight and, you know, he could probably drop a nugget or two that I could benefit. I'm from. sure he could. Well, that's pretty interesting. I hope that, uh, I hope that happens for you one day. So you survived the rapid fire. Now, trivia. Now, now our, our final segment today is the entrepreneurship trivia question. This is an opportunity for you to get it right and win $25 for your favorite charity. Now, of course, if you get it wrong, you'll be giving $25 to my favorite charity. And I don't want to scare you, but we're doing very, very well on my side of things. All right. What, what's the email for the PayPal again? <laughs> Don't give up so soon. All right. Here we go. Ready. Here we go. You ready? I think so. Okay. According to the Small Business Administration, what percentage of small businesses are considered and classified as home-based? 25%, 44%, or 52%? 52%. So your answer is C, 52%? C, 52%. Do I get a lifeline? No, you don't get a lifeline. Okay. And you won't need one because 52% is the correct answer. Right. You were the first person. You were the first person this season to actually get the entrepreneurship trivia question correct. And that's with no so, help from Google. That is true. Yeah, I wouldn't have let you do that. So <laughs> Let our audience know where where will I be making that twenty five dollar donation to McKinney Christian Academy. McKinney Christian Academy. All right, you got it, Tim. Listen, I want to thank you for joining the show today. I think you've given some awesome information to our listeners. Well, I appreciate you having me, Corey. As always, it's been fun. And I want to appreciate you, the listeners, and invite you to visit us at fearlesswithcorey.com to get all the latest information on our blogs, podcasts, and our video series, plus learn what we're up to in the launch of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Society course. And as always, I'll leave you with this. Keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley, and I'll see you next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.